Some farm kids were painting eggs for Easter, dyeing the eggs for Easter. When one looks up and says, guys, what do you think the chickens would act like around these colored eggs? I don't know, they said. Let's go find out. So they went to the chicken coop, stole the fresh eggs that the hens had just put down, and replaced them with the newly dyed, colorful Easter eggs. Then they stepped out of the coop to sit and watch their little experiment in action. The hens came in and nothing. They just went about their business like nothing had changed. Nothing was wrong. The rooster struts in, (laughs) sees the eggs, and has a fit. Goes crazy. Immediately bursts out of the coop, storms across the farmyard, and beats the life out of the peacock. This is Happy Life Studios. This message is for you. This message is for you. This message is singular to you. It's not for anybody else. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to understand. Hey, are you happy? Now that's a great question. Does the sun set high? Does the sun set high? Welcome to Happy Life Studios. What's up, Happy Lifer? Thanks for joining us today. I'm so glad that you are here. It is Holy Week, so I wanted to do a podcast on it, and that's why we're putting it out now during the week and not on Monday. I apologize for not getting the podcast out to you on Monday. I had it recorded, and I had it halfway edited, and then I had to leave for my flight. And it was an early flight, 5.40 in the morning. So I got as much of it done as possible. I was hoping to get it all finished so I could post it while I was away in Texas. But I had to fly out, and I never got a finish. And I was just going to do it down in Texas, but that didn't happen either because of the reason I was down in Texas. My nephew, oh, this is the honor. It's such an honor in my life right here. It's one of the highlights. My nephew asked me if I would perform his wedding ceremony. So I went down to Texas, and it was a very informal, intimate ceremony uh, in my brother-in-law's backyard around this pool. I mean, it was honestly, in my opinion, it was as beautiful a venue as I've been anywhere to do a, a wedding ceremony. But the fact that it was my nephew, uh, so I'm, we're down there visiting with family, getting the wedding set up, getting the house ready for the, for the wedding. Even though it was informal and intimate, there was still a lot to get done. And then between all that, I'm in the hot tub and I'm doing premarital counseling, coaching with my nephew and his fiance. And then, um, after the ceremony, I'm giving them, you know, more coaching on, on marriage and how to live and different things that I've learned. And they were just soaking it up, asking me all these questions. And it was just fantastic. But being down there with family, I didn't get the podcast done. And I just, I couldn't get away from it. I probably could have, but I wasn't about to cut off that time with my nephew and his fiance to make sure I get the podcast done. So on the one hand, I apologize for not getting that podcast done. Uh, on the other hand, I'm glad for the time that I spent with my family down there. My my mother-in-law came with me. My wife came with me. It was just one incredibly huge week. On the other hand, speaking of huge weeks, I'm not sad that I didn't get the podcast out. The podcast will come out in the next couple of weeks, but I'm glad I didn't get out because it was another huge week. I just came from a huge week, but we're in a huge week right now. It's Holy Week. Holy Week is a week between Palm Sunday when Jesus shows up into Jerusalem riding on a donkey and Easter Sunday 
where Jesus rises from the dead. And in his hands, the Bible says he holds the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Basically, he holds the solutions to death, hell, and the grave, and he gives them to us. I mean, there are so many things on Holy Week that I could talk about. It would take me months, if not years, to try to of podcasts to try to explain all the levels and all the cool things going on during this Holy Week. Holy Week is just a huge week. And if you believe in God, you believe in Jesus, it might be the largest week of the year. It might even be as, as larger than Christmas, honestly. The whole reason why Jesus was born was so that Jesus could live a spotless life, a sinless life, and die for us so that we could be set free from our sin. But not just our sin, from our anger, from our frustration, from our anxiety, from our struggle. And that's what they believed back in the day as well. That's why Palm Sunday was so huge. Palm Sunday, the start of Holy Week, was the Sunday that Jesus came into the city and the city was in an uproar. They were taking off their jackets and they were laying it before the donkey. So the donkey wouldn't even have to walk on dirt. They would lay down their coats and if they didn't have coats or cloaks, they would cut down palm branches just from trees all around and they would lay the palm branches down. So Jesus riding on that donkey that had never been ridden before on that foal, that, 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 that young donkey, the, how he even got that donkey and how the donkey wasn't even broke, how he even rode on it without that. I mean, there's, like I said, it's, it's an amazing, you just, you got to check it out. Even if you don't believe in God or believe in Jesus, you still got to check out Easter. There's so much cool story in Easter and powerful inspirational things. And I just want to tag on one of them today one that I haven't thought of before, and I just want to share it with you. It just came to me just a couple days ago, and I thought, I need to share this uh, with all my happy lifers out there. So Palm Sunday, they're cutting down palm branches, and they're laying them before this donkey. Could you imagine coming out of your house going, what in the world just happened to my landscaping here? I mean, they go for, look at their palm trees that now look like toothpicks. They now look like telephone poles. There's, there's no branches on them because people were cutting them off. I would have been like, what in the world? Cut down your own branches. <laughs> But honestly, the city was so excited. They were in such an uproar that I think they were cutting down all their own branches. And I don't think anybody really cared, honestly, because you have to realize that for hundreds of years, they have been praying for an answer. They have been praying for the key, for the solution. They've been praying for their Messiah, for their Savior, someone to come and save them from their sins, but not just from their sins. They were under the tyranny of Rome at that point, and it was hard for them to live under that tyranny. And so they were praying that a Messiah would come, a Savior would come, not just to save them from their sins, but to save them from the tyranny. They wanted happy. They wanted hope. They wanted victory. They wanted peace. They wanted all these things. They didn't want to live under tyranny. They wanted to be happy, and God wanted them to be happy. That's why he came to earth as a man in the first place. That's why God the Father sent his son, Jesus, to earth so that he could set us free from the tyranny, not just of sin, but of anger, sickness, frustration, when he went to hell and died and came back out and fought the, the devil in hell for three days, came back out on Sunday and Easter Sunday with the keys in his hand, which means the solution to death, hell, and the grave. And the Bible says that he gave them to us is because God wants us to be free. Jesus's own words when he was on the earth said, I have come to give you life and life to the fullest, life more abundantly. I've come to give you a happy life. In fact, we have a theme Bible verse that we believe in Happy Life Studios. It's smack dab in the middle of the Bible in Psalms 105, verse 3. And it says, you who seek God, live a happy life, exclamation point. God wants us to be happy. And then it talks about look, listen, and remember. You've heard me talk about that stuff before. That's where it comes from. It comes out of the Bible because God wants us to be happy. They wanted to be happy. They wanted to be free. And they were praying for Messiah to show up. And all of a sudden, Jesus shows up. And that's the guy. They know that's the guy. Here our happy has come. 
Our hope has come. Our peace has come. Our solution has come. Our savior to the tyranny has come. And so they're cutting down palm branches and they're laying them before the feet of Jesus, before the feet of the donkey. That's why it's called Palm Sunday. But when I think of palm, I think of the palm of my hand. And when I think of celebration, I think of the palm of the hand. I think of high-fiving somebody. When you high-five somebody, you're celebrating the same thing together. Remember the movie Major League? I love that movie. But when the Major League Baseball team, the Indians won, all of Cleveland was celebrating. And they showed one scene in the bar where you got this stoner-looking dude with makeup on and hair everywhere and colored and everything. And then you got some professional young man with a suit and tie and but they're all watching the same game together and when they go to high five everybody and all of a sudden those two look at each other like wait a minute we don't normally get along with each other should we be even high fiving should we be even getting along with each other and all of a sudden they're like yeah because the indians just won so then they decide to high five and hug each other right and i think that would be awesome if we could do that today there's people on both ends of the, the political spectrum. There's people on both ends of the COVID spectrum. There's people on both ends of all these different spectrums. Why can't we just high-five each other? Because we're cheering for the same team. We're cheering for humanity. You might not see the answer the way I see the answer. But it doesn't matter. Let's high-five anyway because we're both in this thing together. And the same way that the Indians set Cleveland free, <laughs> Jesus came to set us free. And sometimes we need to realize that we just need to high-five each other because God showed up on the earth to die for us so that we can be free so that we can live a happy life we can be free from sin and tyranny it is a powerful week there's a there's a show back in seattle back in the day and it was basically saturday night live seattle style it was called almost live in fact out here in seattle saturday night live was moved back half an hour because they would always play seattle's version almost live beforehand and then it would be saturday night live and it went on for about 15 years or so and it's a pretty good show but they had a, one of the sketches that they always did on there was called the High Five and White Guys. The High Five and White Guys Downtown Adventure! <laughs> it just kind of made fun of white guys who were just, they were socially unaware. They thought they were being cool, but they, and they would go all over Seattle and they would just high five in front of people and it was, it, <laughs> it was just kind of stupid, kind of dumb. And, and they were just tagging on these four white guys that just, we're kind of clueless, right? <laughs> so, but instead of high five and white guys, I want to be high five and God guys. The high five and God guys, lifetime adventure. I think we should be high five and God guys. Palm Sunday to me is high five and God. Good job, God. Way to send your son to earth. It's high five in Jesus. Way to go, Jesus. Thank you for living a sinless life. Thank you for coming to set me free from tyranny. Thank you for coming to set me free from sin. High five, Jesus. But we don't picture Jesus like that. We don't picture him as a high five and kind of God. We don't picture him as a, a God saying, I have come to give you life. You who seek God live a happy life. I want you to be happy. We don't picture Jesus like that because it's gotten religious. It's gotten all formal. It's come so far from where it was. I mean, when, when God showed up to earth originally and created Adam and Eve, created mankind, what did he do? The Bible says that he walked in the garden with them. He hung out with them. That's why he made them, because he wanted someone to hang out with. And then thousands of years later, he shows up as Jesus. And what does Jesus do? He doesn't go make friends with all the religious leaders of the day. By the way, the religious leaders of the day were the real leaders of the day in that culture. So 
Jesus didn't show up and find all the Pharisees and the religious leaders and the powerful leaders of the day and say, I'm going to change the world. I'm going to set the world free from tyranny and from sin. So I need to find the power brokers. I need to find the players. I need to find those that, that control the structure and become their friends or work my way into them and, and change from the top. But he changed it from the bottom of the pyramid. He flipped the power pyramid on its head. He just came to serve people, the Bible says. I mean, he, all he did was come to love people. That's why they were all going crazy when he showed up in Jerusalem, because they were like, there's our answer. And he had proved it. He had healed sick people. He hung out with people no one else would hang out with. Like I said, he grabbed 12 people when he came back as Jesus, and they just hung out together and basically, quote unquote, broke a lot of the rules. But religion had made it something more than it is. Jesus wants to hang out with us. Even the way we pray. It's always so formal when we have to close our eyes and fold our hands and kneel beside our bed and that we change our tone of voice and we get more calm and mellow and we speak to the Lord and we just talk at him and we don't ever hang out with him and ask him to tell us a joke. We don't ever ask him to, I mean, I don't know how we got there because Jesus showed up and it was a friendship thing. He's like, I come to set you free. If you know me, you will have life and life indeed. So come hang out with me. And that's what he did with 12 guys. That's what he did with Adam and Eve when he showed up on earth originally, when he made the earth. He made the earth so that we could hang out in it together. But we have formed it into something else, just like all the religious leaders of the day that were the leaders of the day in that culture. They had made it into something else. And that's why they didn't like Jesus. Palm Sunday to me is high-fiving God. You've ever high-fived God? I wake up in the morning and I high-five him or I fist bump him. I'll be laying in bed and I'll pull my hand out from under the covers and I'll raise it up in a fist. I'll say, high-five God, fist bump God. Sometimes I high-five, sometimes I fist bump him. But that's, I believe, how God wants us to be. But we have made it something way more formal, something way beyond what God originally intended for it to be. So my question is, how do you get from a whole city being in an uproar, high-fiving God, basically, destroying their landscape to welcome their Messiah, their answer, their solution, the guy that holds the keys. They go from that to crucifying him a week later, five days later, Good Friday. How did that crowd go from blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord to crucify him? Because it was in the culture back then that, that Caesar could release one prisoner to them. Caesar believed Jesus was innocent. Caesar's wife believed Jesus was innocent. She had a dream about him and told her husband, don't you dare touch him. This man is innocent. So he's trying to wipe his hands of the whole thing by releasing a prisoner. He says, I can release whomever I want. So would you rather have me release Jesus to you who really hasn't done anything wrong? Or would you ever rather have me release Barabbas here, this hardened criminal that's destroyed people's lives? Here you got a guy that healed people, hung out with people. The Bible says he hung out in Bethany. We've talked about this before. Bethany means house of misery. He hung out with people that were hurting. He healed people who were sick. He picked people that no one else would pick. <laughs> That's what Jesus did. And on the other hand, you have Barabbas here who had destroyed people's lives. So Caesar's like, it's, it's a done deal. Who do you guys want? I can release one of these to you. And this happened late at night. It was very deceitful. They got a, a group of those people late at night to come around. And they went from blessed is you who comes in the name of the Lord to crucify him. We want Barabbas instead. How does that happen? It's because the leaders of the day, the religious leaders of the day, they were also the leaders of the day, were jealous. They were jealous of Jesus. They were jealous of a guy who just tried to make the world better and did make the world better. They were jealous of a guy that helped people that no one else would help, that did things that no one else did. But see, they were afraid of losing their power, their position in the Roman government. They were working so hard to get to a certain place that Jesus was going to ruin all that for them. 
They didn't care about the people. In fact, Jesus said about those religious leaders, he said, you make people's burdens heavier and you don't lift the finger to help them out. In a lot of ways, that's what religion has done today. Jesus shows up, high fives us and says, I'm here to set you free. But we turn it into this religious, super, super formal thing that you can only communicate with God this way. You can only be with God this way. You can only, this is what a Christian is supposed to look like. This is what a Christian is supposed to act like. And yes, there are, we're supposed to be, the Bible says of the fruit of God's spirit shows up in our lives when when we start following God. Things like love, patience, peace, faithfulness, joy, self-control, all these type of things. So there are some things that we should be doing, but that's not what I'm talking about. We really believe that that to follow God, you have to do this. You have to look like this. You have to go to this church on Sunday, and you have to dress this way, and you have to act this way. And, and yet, how you live the rest of your life, that doesn't matter. I just care about how you act when you get together on Sunday morning. I mean, religion has messed this whole thing up. Jesus just showed up and hung out with a bunch of guys, and he wants to show up in our world and just hang out with a bunch of us. I'm sorry if I'm getting too preachy here, <laughs> but it's a powerful week. The religious leaders of the day, the leaders of the day, were just flat out jealous. Jesus was ruining their position, their power. At least that's what they thought. They're afraid of what the Romans might do if Jesus shows up. And Anyway, there's so many levels of this thing, but they go from high-fiving God, from slapping the palm of his hand to nailing it to a cross. I, I I just am in awe. How does that even happen? And then it just hit me. I do the same thing. I do the same thing. I mean, I believe in God profoundly, profusely, whatever word you want to say there. I've committed my life to following him and, and following after the ways of Jesus. And, and I'm high-fiving God a lot. Like I said, I wake up in the morning and I high-five him. I fist bump him. But yet the moment circumstances change in my life, the moment that I struggle with life or struggle with sickness or finances or something difficult happens, you know what I want to do? I want to blame God. God, why can't you just heal this person? Why can't you just heal this situation? Why can't you just fix this situation? I go from high-fiving him to saying, why don't you do things on my agenda the way I think it should be done? God, why didn't you heal my dad? Why didn't you heal my mom? Well, looking back on it now, I'd say he did. They're in heaven right now, and they're pretty whole. They're pretty healthy, right? But I go from being so high-five-ish to being so angry at him because he's not doing things the way I want him to do them. Man, forget the crowd turning. I turn on him. I go from high-fiving him, celebrating him, doing life with him, to doubting him. I was doing it today. I was doubting him about something that I, a struggle that I, that I deal with. Even Paul, who wrote much in the New Testament, said that there was a thorn, he, he, it was symbolic, he said there's a thorn in his flesh or something that he struggled with, that God would not take it away from him. Even Jesus, before he was crucified, before he was turned over, he knew it was coming and he was praying to the Father in the Garden of Gethsemane and it says that his sweat was like drops of blood. He was very distraught and he was begging God the Father. And he said, God, please don't make me go through this. Please don't make me go through this. But instead of turning on God the Father, after an hour of doing that, he just said, you know what? I don't want my will. I want to do what, I want to do what you want me to do, God. So give me the strength to do that. And he didn't turn on God like I tend to turn on God when God doesn't show up the way that I think that he should show up. And today I was saying, God, I just really want to know that I'm doing the right thing in the right way because just circumstances are against that. But I feel like God has revealed this to me over and over again. The fact that I'm still struggling with it again today, it's just... 
I'm turning, I'm doing what I'm, what I'm accusing the crowd of doing. What I'm, I'm like, that's what I'm doing. I'm high five in one minute. Next minute I'm doubting them. And as I was sitting there, I felt like I saw my wife's little, she's got this book that she reads called Jesus Calling. It's a daily little reading that you do by someone by the name of Sarah Young. And I felt like I was supposed to go there. When I went to today's date, I got to the next day instead and flipped over that. And I was flipping the page to get to today's date. And I felt like I got this gut check, which I felt like God was trying to communicate to me, say, no, read this one instead. And I just read the first line of it and it said, trust me. And I was like, <laughs> that was, I was just asking for an answer, right? But then I still went back to today's date. And it was written by Sarah, and she's writing as though God were speaking to us, writing from the heart of God to the heart of humans. And it says this, quote, heaven is both present and future. As you walk along your life path, holding my hand, you are already in touch with the essence of heaven, nearness to me. You can also find many hints of heaven along your pathway because the earth is radiantly alive with my presence. Shimmering sunshine awakens your heart, gently reminding you of my brilliant light. Birds and flowers, trees and skies evoke praises to my holy name. Keep your eyes and ears fully open as you journey with me. At the end of your life path is an entrance to heaven. Only I know when you will reach that destination, but I am preparing you for it each step of the way. The absolute certainty of your heavenly home gives you peace and joy to help you along your journey. You know that you will reach your home in my perfect timing, not one moment too soon or too late. Let the hope of heaven encourage you as you walk along the path of life with me, end quote. And I thought, that's perfect for the podcast that I just want to go record right now when I read that. Here God is saying that don't just wait for heaven up there. When you're by me, that's the point of heaven is that we're with God. And he's taken away all the tyranny. Well, we can have that now. Like, like she said, he's always trying to show us signs that he's there, that he's with us, but we miss it. We miss the sunlight shining on our back or on our face. We miss the cool breeze cooling us down. We miss all the little things that God is trying to do because we're too busy closing our eyes and folding our hands and kneeling beside our bed. When God's like, take a look at the billboard, pay attention to the song. I know you're not on a Christian radio station right now, but I'm still trying to talk to you. <laughs> I mean, God wants to high five us. He wants us to walk, not to just lay down our palm branches in front of him. He'd rather have us just walk alongside with him. If that donkey was big enough, he would have had all of them ride with him. I mean, he just wants to be with us. He modeled that with Adam and Eve. He modeled that with his disciples. He wants us to hang out with him, and he doesn't want to make this, us to make it like the Pharisees did and turn us into some big religious escapade that's all about doing this and doing this and doing this. He wants it to be about high-fiving him. Do you want God to high-five you? Then do it right now. Hold up your hand. Do it in your mind. But ask God to be part of your world and ask God to reveal himself to you, how he's there with you right now. I asked him for a sign of the day, and that's when I, I was led to that passage right there. And I think that God wants to high-five us. And when we live in that intimacy with him, we don't always turn so quickly. I don't want to be the type of person that, that's high-fiving one second, that's hitting his palm one second, and then nailing a hammer in it the next. I don't be one of those guys that's saying, welcome Jesus into my life. 
Hosanna, blessed are you, happy am I because you're in my life to crucify him. God, how could you do this to me? Do you even care about me? And don't get me wrong, that's all natural. It's all natural for us to do that. Don't beat yourself up for doing that. We all do it. I'm just working on doing it less. And I don't want to judge those who thousands of years ago did this to Jesus because honestly, I kind of do it to him too. Someone happy, make just one someone happy, and you will be happy too. Thanks for listening. I hope that helped. So happy Holy Week. High five. Because that's what Jesus wants you to be. Remember, life isn't perfect, but it can be happy.